This is the Creator Smarts podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable, future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes. Each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan and you are listening to episode 128 of the Creator Smarts podcast. Today I'm talking to somebody who went from zero to over 300,000 subscribers on YouTube in less than a year. He started less than a year ago and I have his channel in front of me here. At the moment he has 312,000 subscribers. Um, and one growth hack that has worked very well for this person I'm talking about Brian Wiles, is doing YouTube shorts. I see that he posted a short 19 hours ago and it already has 80, 88,000 subscribers. So Brian does videos in um, in English, but especially the videos that he's done in Egyptian Arabic doing very well because people are not really used to seeing a white guy speaking Arabic. Um, Brian has a background in acting. And uh, yeah, when Corona hit, he uh, decided to try out YouTube and it has been a great success so far. So in this interview, we're going to learn more about um, Brian's background as uh, he has a career in acting and how it is to make that switch between acting and doing YouTube. Um, Some of the benefits of being a YouTuber versus being an active and uh, vice versa, of course. And we're also going to talk about well, I guess the main thing that we're trying to find out here is how did he manage to go from zero to 300,000 plus subscribers in less than a year? Because that's very impressive, especially in the language space. Or maybe I could call this category language entertainment. Anyway, if you're ready, then let's get started. Here's my interview with Brian. Hey, Brian, hey. welcome to the Creative Smarts podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to be a part of this and to have a, a nice conversation. I am a YouTuber and also an actor, but that's a separate, separate issue. Um, I make videos on YouTube uh, in Arabic and in English, and I make videos about how to learn languages, and then I make videos about all kinds of cultural topics in Arabic. So that's my, my shtick. Yeah, so I did some research. I, I googled your name because I wanted to, well, I always do a little bit of research before. I do my homework before we do these interviews. And I found a profile um, on, uh, what's the name of their website? Like of where you can read like reviews of films and actors. So that, IMDb. So, yeah, exactly. So that was you because I saw a picture and I was like, this guy looks like the guy on YouTube, but I wasn't sure. Tell us a little Same bit guy. about, yeah, tell us a little bit about your, well, your career, I guess. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I, um, I've been an actor for about uh, 15 years. I went to graduate school for acting, and I graduated about 10 years ago. And I had done some productions, some theater productions uh, in New York before that. And so I, yeah, about 10 years ago, I started doing television mostly in New York City, and I played a lot of cops and supporting roles. I was never, you know, a celebrity or a big star, but I was a what we call a working actor, and. I love that career and I still do it. I actually just uh, worked on a movie yesterday that was very fun. Um, But when the pandemic started, I realized that I wanted to and I needed to do something else 
because I was going crazy. I had so much time on my hands. There were no acting jobs to be had. That industry pretty much shut down in New York uh, when the virus hit. And I had been studying languages at that point seriously for about four years. And so I decided why not try to make uh, videos in Arabic and in Mandarin. And uh, I really just did it as a hobby because it was something I enjoyed and I thought it would force me to up my game and improve. And it sort of took off after a few months, at least the videos in Arabic. And uh, I'm very grateful for that. And, and now I, I'm not quite sure that I consider myself a full-time YouTuber, but it's, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer to being a, a YouTuber, a YouTube creator. Yeah, so your channel grew from zero to 285,000 subscribers in 11 months. Um, that's really crazy. So what, what's, the, what's the secret here? How do, how do you do that? Thank you very much. Um, you know, I think part of it is luck, but uh, the thing that I think makes me stand out at least a little bit to my own viewers is the fact that most of my videos at this point are in Egyptian Arabic, and there aren't that many people who make videos in Egyptian Arabic who are not from Egypt. Um, and so that that's been, I think, something that's attracted a lot of viewers from the Arab world, uh, Egypt, but also Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, uh, because those dialects are somewhat similar. And uh, and after about eight months of making videos in Arabic, I started making videos in English as well, because I thought, why not? I have some ideas about language learning, and I want to put them out there. And a few of those videos also very you know fortuitously took off and help that growth sort of snowball and accelerate. So I suppose the secret is that, you know, if you can make videos in another language and a language for which there's an audience that really wants to see more content and see content that's different than what they typically view, um, you'll be off to a good start. Yeah, were you strategic about building this YouTube channel? Like, did you? what was the big vision what you saw 11 months ago? Was this just a, a hobby or... Do you, did and, and do you still have a, a long-term vision on what you want to do with this? At the beginning, it was completely a hobby. I, um, I, I knew maybe six months before I made my first video that I wanted to make a video entirely in Egyptian Arabic because I thought it would be really satisfying and a kind of milestone for me as a language learner and uh, as a way that I would you know, force myself to improve. But uh, after I made about five or six videos, one of them, the first one, in fact, really started to take off. The growth, uh, you know, went through the roof overnight or what it feels like overnight. And I realized that there was an audience out there for this kind of content and for the things that I wanted to talk about. And I started to move from thinking about making YouTube videos as purely a hobby to also a source of income. And maybe, I'm, again, I'm not there yet, maybe a career one day. Um, I do love acting still and, uh, you know, I'm not ready to give that up. And so now I'm, I have more of a long-term, somewhat long-term vision. <clears throat> um, but at this point, my number one goal is just to keep the growth going and, uh, yeah, ride the wave for as long as I can. When did you start learning Arabic? I started learning Arabic about four, yeah, almost four years ago now. Only four years ago. And... I mean, I don't understand Arabic, but from what I can tell from the videos is that you speak very fluently. Um, 
how did you do that? I mean, we're not going too far in, in language learning here, but I'm, I'm just curious because becoming that fluent in a different, difficult language like Arabic, I think, uh, yeah, it's worth trying to figure out how you did that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, well, I had studied Spanish and Mandarin uh, before that, so I had some ideas about how language learning would, was effective for me and about the things that I could do to learn quickly. Basically, my technique boils down to um, finding things that interest me in a specific language and then trying to speak as much as possible in that language over the internet with other people uh, because again, that forces, <clears throat> forces me to improve. And I find that with language learning, for me anyway, finding different ways to make myself perform at the top of my game uh, and, and uh, think more deeply and more clearly about what it is I want to say is the best way for me to, uh, to improve. So that's what I did with Egyptian Arabic. And because frankly, with Egyptian Arabic, it's pretty hard to learn, you know, in a quote unquote traditional method, there aren't a lot of courses or textbooks out there. You really don't have a lot of other options than finding the path or making your own path, making your own way. And so that's mostly what I did. Have you ever used the languages that you speak in your acting career? Yeah, I use them all the time. <laughs> uh, I use French fairly often. I do a lot of dubbing or voiceover work. Um, and so I'll speak a little French. Uh, I've actually speaking, spoken a fair amount of French on a show. There's a very popular, or there was a very popular show called Emily in Paris that I did a lot of background voices for in French. Um, and I've used Mandarin as well. Arabic I have not yet used, uh, ironically. But... Last year, or let's see, not last year, but maybe about four months ago, I um, I got an offer to do an acting job, not a voiceover job, a full-on acting job in Egypt, and I was really <laughs> excited about that. That project, unfortunately, fell apart, uh, I think because of the coronavirus, but hopefully it comes back together because it was really cool. And uh, yeah, so that would be the first acting project in which I would I would use Arabic, speak Arabic, so very exciting. Yeah, so how did it find you? Was that through the YouTube channel? Yeah, one of the uh, producers of the of the TV show reached out to me. He said, hey, I saw your stuff on YouTube. We think you'd be really great for this part. Uh, we want to put you in touch with the director, et cetera, et cetera. So I talked to them and I did an audition. But yeah, YouTube was the, uh, YouTube was the bridge. What do, you, what, are the, what do you talk about in those videos that you do in Arabic? Because I've seen the titles, but they're all in Arabic, so I can't really tell. You talk about <laughs> learning Arabic or about Egypt or politics? I do. It's... Uh, I, it's a little bit of everything. Um, mm. I talk about uh, how to learn languages. I talk about a little bit about politics. Obviously, talking about politics in the Arab world in the Middle East is is a hot button issue. <laughs> so I try to I try to step delicately. Uh, I talk about food. I talk about music, movies, popular culture. Um, and I talk uh, more recently. I've been making videos about my own life and my own family, more like vlogs. Uh, and I found that people are interested in that as well. So the nice thing is that I feel I'm developing a really dedicated audience who are interested in what I have to say on a, across a, a spectrum of topics, which is makes me feel really fortunate that I have the flexibility to talk about whatever I want to talk about in that given moment. Yeah. How much, um, like when you produce videos nowadays, how much time do you, do you spend on like script writing and the thumbnail um, you know, if you produce YouTube videos, it's important that you have a high average view duration and all those things. Um, do you pay attention to that or not really? 
I do pay attention to it more than I would like. Um, I wish I could just make the content that I enjoy, put it out there Mm -hmm. and sort of let it be. Yeah. But I do look at my analytics again more than I'd like. Uh, how long does it take me to make a video? I've gotten faster, but it's not fast. Uh, script writing is probably the longest part of the process for a full length video. Call it. I mean, my, my full length videos are usually only about six or seven minutes. I don't know. Script writing seven or eight hours. Well, for that, you do it yourself. I do it myself. Well, I have help with translation, so I usually write the script in English and then do my best to translate it into Arabic. But I'll I'll work with a, a tutor online to help me make sure it doesn't sound ridiculous or that I'm not saying things that sound weird. Um, so that's sort of a collaborative process. That part of the process takes maybe an hour, but the writing it in English and refining it, uh, yeah, maybe six, five, six, five, six, seven hours. Um, and then the shooting is relatively quick because my videos, for now at least, are pretty cut and dry. I usually just put up a, a nylon wall in my house, a temporary wall, some lights, and then I just shoot it straight to camera. I don't go outside and walk around. I don't have a lot of uh, B-roll or anything like that. I don't use music. Uh, I think I'm actually going to start trying to make videos like that because that interests me and I'd, I'd like to give it a shot. But I know that kind of shooting process takes a lot longer. And then my editing process takes, I don't know, maybe another, including subtitles, six, seven hours. Um, so all told for a whole video, um, from front to back and then the the thumbnail, yeah, thumbnails take a while. I'm not very good at Photoshop. I've been getting better, but I'm, I'm not a pro by any means. So that's probably another three or four hours. I'd say all in, it's about 20 hours for a full length video. Yeah. And you do everything by yourself except for the the translator or the native speaker that helps you out with the, uh, with the script. Yeah, I do everything myself. I probably should farm some of this stuff out because, again, I'm not very good at it and it takes me a really long time. I've been thinking about hiring a camera operator just to help me, like, who can walk around and do things like at restaurants or at cultural facilities in New York. Uh, I haven't done that yet, but, no, everything else I do myself. But, again, I, I probably should hire someone because I've reached a point where it's just not worth it for the amount of time it takes. Yeah. If you could choose, would you choose for a YouTube career or a career in the in, in the film industry? If if the salary was the same, if the salary was the same, to be honest, I would choose a career in the film and TV industry. Oh yeah. But with the <laughs> um, yeah, I would. With the understanding or the hope that I would be able to use the languages in acting projects, I, yeah. I wouldn't. I, I'm not willing to give up the languages. I like YouTube. It's a fun hobby for me. Uh, and at this point I am trying to think of it or I'm considering it as a career of sorts, but there is something about acting that I just, you know, I grew up, I didn't grow up doing it, but I've done it for a long time. I love it. And you know, YouTube, at least the way I've been making videos, it it feels like a very solitary pursuit sometimes. It's really, it's, you know, I write the videos, I shoot the videos, I edit the videos. It's just me. It's, it can be a little lonely. Um, and one of the things that I like about acting is that it's very collaborative and you're around other people and I miss that. I do miss that. Yeah, I can't imagine. Well, but I think it's an interesting perspective because most of us, you know, we we, we don't know about, we, we are used to YouTube, we're used to working by ourselves, but I know that, you know, many creators are struggling because it's, uh, especially the bigger ones, because it's lonely at the top, right? And yeah. uh, of course you can build a team but eventually you have to do it. You have to do it by yourself. You are the engine of, right. of the business or the channel. Right, um, exactly. 
Yeah, well, I thought it was an interesting perspective. Um, so you started out in videos in Arabic. So you yeah. build this, you build this audience of well, Arabic-speaking people, and then all of a sudden you you start making videos in English, right? How did the audience react to that? What is still clicking? Were, what is still watching? Did you get as many views during the first few videos? I, you know, I did. I got more, many more, in fact. Wow, uh, which I found was surprising. Not right away. So I posted the videos, and they performed pretty ordinarily. Um, and they were videos in English that had a connection with Arabic. They weren't completely out of the blue. So the yeah. first video I published in English was about Arabic versus Mandarin, which one is harder, which is a quote-unquote harder language. That's a slightly clickbaity title, but the video actually is substantial and has interesting points, I think. Um, and when I first posted it, it was sort of an ordinary performer, nothing special. Uh, but after about six weeks... It really took off, and it didn't necessarily take off so much with my subscribers. It took off with non-subscribers, with viewers from other parts of the world who hadn't subscribed to my channel. And uh, that's been the case for my English videos, English language videos, sort of at large, that my viewers have, I would say, somewhat mixed feelings about them. They don't necessarily love them. Some of them are interested in them. Others are saying, we missed the videos in Arabic. We wish <laughs> we'd make more videos in Arabic. Um, but uh, people who are in the general population who watch YouTube are more likely to watch those videos because obviously more people who use YouTube watch English, I mean, speak English than speak Egyptian Arabic. Um, so that's something I'm trying to negotiate right now. And I'm actually, I'm considering splitting my channel, making oh, yeah. one in Arabic, one in English. Um, you know, that's obviously a big change. And frankly, I'm just not sure I, I have the time to really maintain two channels, but... Uh, it's something I'm thinking about. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we also talked about this um, like a few weeks ago. I did an interview with a YouTube expert, Paddy Galloway, and we talked about it. That a mistake that many YouTubers make is that they're trying that they're building one channel for for two separate audiences. And then every time you up, like in your case, for example, you upload a video in English, and then people say, "Hey, where are the videos in Arabic?" And then you upload the videos in Arabic, and then English speakers say, "Hey, I don't understand. Can you please add subtitles?" So it's really hard to, to juggle the two, I guess. Um, but it, yeah, it only makes sense to build two separate channels if you have the time. I think you're one hundred percent right on that. Exactly, and I think one of the things that I've been negotiating recently is, you know, I have two little kids, I have this other job. And I have to manage my time in a way that's sensible and you know doesn't make me go insane. And I already feel like I'm putting about as much time into making videos as I can. And the idea, the idea of having a second channel, I'm just not sure it's sustainable. Obviously, you know, if I really commit to this long term, if this is what I do with my yeah. career, it's the it's probably the right way to go. But I'm just not sure I'm I can make that commitment. Yeah. Then I saw that you've been experimenting a lot with YouTube shorts. Um, getting lots of views. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, the shorts have been have been uh, great. Really, I, I started using YouTube Shorts <clears throat> for a few reasons. One was that I like the short format. It means I can put out more content uh, more often, and that is satisfying to me that I can put up a video every other day as opposed to every other week. Uh, and I think, you know, as an actor, there's a part of me that craves validation and wants to see that people love my videos. And that's, you know, maybe shallow and superficial, but it's true. So if I put out a short, I can get that little, you know, dopamine hit more often. This is part of like me trying to figure out 
what my relationship with YouTube is generally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they've been getting <clears throat> they've been getting uh, a lot of views, and um, you know, I think there's some risk attached with that. I think if you transition to, or if I transition to more of a shorts oriented channel. I think people are a little off put when you then try to put longer form videos back onto the channel. Uh, I've heard from other people and I've seen in some of my own, uh, you know, video posting that 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 might not work so well. I don't know if that's because of how the algorithm works or because of what viewers get, um, you know, acclimated to. But um, who knows? This it could be it could be the wrong thing for my channel in the long term. But in the short term, people seem to be liking it. I'm having fun making them, and to me, that's probably still the most important thing. Um, so so far, so good. Yeah. Do they bring you new subscribers? Like, can you do you look in your analytics? You measure that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought um, at least recently. I've put I've probably put in the last <clears throat> two weeks. I've maybe produced ten shorts. And yeah, they brought it. They definitely brought in new viewers. Uh, and I found in the past, I've made a few shorts, and they do, they do bring in new viewers. Um, you know, it's interesting. The, the the new the the subscribers, the subscriber growth that they create, in my experience, lasts for about five days. Yeah. Um, and then it's sort of gone. Whereas a longer video, there's more of a sustained growth over time. Um, but for me, for the you know time versus uh what do they call that cost benefit in terms of how much time i put yeah. into the into the videos it's about the same so in a, the amount of time it would take me to make a longer video call it 20 hours i can probably make i don't know six short videos yeah. and i would guess that in terms of just subscriber numbers alone it would be about the same and maybe maybe even more for the shorts because some of my longer videos don't do particularly well and uh then you're looking at not very much growth at all so yeah so shorts could be a good way to quickly boost the the number of subscribers that you have yeah i think if i think if growth is what you're looking at uh or what you're looking to to focus on shorts can be a really great uh, a really great way to go about it if your content you know it's a different it's a different format right it's not as narrative you're not building uh, a sort of a story the way you would with a six or seven minute video. It's kind of like a wham bam. Here's something that'll just grab your attention for 30 seconds or 45 seconds. So if that's something you're interested in and uh, a style that you feel is effective, yeah, I think it can be really useful. The other side of the coin, of course, is though that y- you make no revenue. There's no ad revenue. Yeah. So you know that's a trade off that you have to be willing to make. Yeah. I just had a question and I forgot. It was about shorts. Yeah, I remember. I, I, th- I think you're doing shorts only in Arabic now. Is that correct? That's correct. So why why do you decide to do that to do it in Arabic, not in English? Well, I've kind of gone back to my roots a little bit with uh, why I make these videos. Uh, you know, the the reason I started getting into this was because I wanted to practice speaking Arabic and uh, have an outlet, sort of a creative outlet to to use Arabic and. I have been missing that and I've been feeling that I've been getting a little too business oriented and a little too uh, focused on, okay, how can I make a, you know, a long-term subscriber or a long-term channel and a career out of this? And I wanted to get back to just practicing Arabic because I enjoy it. And so ultimately I just made that choice because I, I think it's fun. I think it's fun to make these short videos in Arabic. Yeah. So do you see yourself doing this full time in the future? I mean, you have, there's lots of potential, right? 
for the Arab market, even for an English audience, you could build something. Arab Arabic courses. Um, I don't know what those Arab guys want want from you, want to learn from you. But there's potential, <laughs> <laughs> there's potential as well. You know, it's uh, the calculus that I'm making right now is, um, to be honest, you know, Arab viewers or viewers from the Arabic-speaking world, in terms of ad dollars, it's very difficult to make the same revenue or you just won't make the same revenue that you would with a Western audience, an American audience yeah. or a European audience or Australian. Mm. You know, my so my CPM or RPM, I can't remember which it is, for a U.S., whatever, a thousand U.S. views, I can't remember what it is, but the metric for the United States is something like $9 and the metric for Egypt is more like $1. Yeah. So I'm really not in this for the money, at least in terms of making Arabic language videos, because I just, it's not there. Uh, and especially because I live in New York, you know, the prices for everything here are so elevated and the internet is a level playing field, right? So um, it's really difficult to make a sustainable living in terms of uh, a salary living in New York based off of wages or the the, the wages of, of an Egyptian uh, YouTuber. Um, and I, you know, I don't mind that. I, I still enjoy it, but, um, you know, I've been thinking that if I want to try to do this as a career, I need to, again, potentially split the channel and have an English language yeah. channel that is more oriented towards making a, a sustainable amount of money. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So that, that's the big question. Are you doing, is, is this a hobby or do you want to take this more seriously? Right? <laughs> exactly. And, exactly. And yeah. I think the only way is to is to experiment, right? And most of the time, something starts as a hobby, and then you make it you make it your work, and then it starts feeling like work, right? Because ideally, you make content in Arabic, but yeah, you also need to pay the bills. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess there's always uh, it comes with a sacrifice. Sacrifice either way. Yeah. Yeah. So I've you know I've been asking myself a lot of big life questions about. You know, what do I, if, if I, if acting is not my career, if acting is not how I make a living, do I want my career to be YouTube? And I'm, I'm not sure the answer to that is yes. I, I like it as a hobby. I am not yet ready to call it my, my work long term, but we'll see. Yeah. Do you have any colleagues in the film industry who started a YouTube channel? And how did uh, that, how did that go? That's an interesting question. Um, I have one friend who is pretty active on TikTok. I wouldn't say he's developed a career. You know, he does it as a hobby as well, but he's grown very, very fast on TikTok. Um, and I've been encouraging him to try to put his videos on YouTube as well because I think they would do very well as YouTube shorts. But no, I don't actually know anyone who's made a full transition from being an, a working actor to becoming a full-time creator. Um, I'm sure those people exist, but I don't know any of them. Hmm. So, in the beginning of this interview, I asked you what the se what what the secret is of, of the success that you've had so far, right? And you said it's probably that you you did something very unique. You did videos in Arabic for uh, for an Arab audience, and it worked very well because that never seen a white guy speaking Arab that well, at least not on YouTube on a consistent basis on interesting topics. But then later you switched over to English, and again it was working. So isn't isn't it something else that's 
is it isn't it the, the the script writing or your presence on camera or the short Let's, strategy or a combination of everything <laughs> you know i hope and um you may be right i've i've made a few videos recently that to be honest have not performed at quite the same level as my earlier english videos so i'm wondering if that uh lightning just struck once or twice and that was it and that's i i've been wondering that there's you know i have a i have a youtube friend uh who has you know she's been in doing youtube stuff for a decade and she was saying you know you really should you can make videos in english what 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 your appeal is not just that you speak arabic it's like you were saying she's like you're great on camera etc cetera, etc cetera. i am less convinced you know i've seen what's out there on youtube and english language youtube there are a lot of great channels and there are a lot of very smart very charismatic people like uh you know your 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 co-host um ollie richards yeah who make very very smart uh worthwhile useful enjoyable videos in english so there's a lot of competition and people put in a lot of time and i'm i think you know again if i if i made this my job and i was willing to put in five years to really see it take off yes i think it might work but i'm just not sure i'm I, i'm able to do that mm -hmm. so is there it's, any, a, it's a work in progress yeah is there anything that you would do differently if you had to start all over again i mean it's only 11 I, months but what what are some of the lessons that you've learned during those 11 months I, I would split the channel. I would split the channel at the beginning. Um, that was a mistake. I, I considered it right at before I posted my first English language video. I considered making a separate English language channel. But then I thought, you know, you have to work for, for going from zero to a thousand is like the, that's the toughest milestone, right? And then 1,000 to 10,000 is so hard. And you have to wait such a long time for monetization. I didn't know that my English language videos were going to be successful. I thought maybe they would just sort of, you know, be duds and go away. Um, and the idea of making a new channel was sort of daunting. But if I could do it all over again and I knew that I wanted to go do this long term, I would absolutely split the channel. Um, other things that I've learned that I would recommend to anyone who's thinking about doing this long term from the very beginning, I would recommend uh, using other platforms and posting your material, the same videos on other platforms like Facebook, TikTok, uh, Instagram. All those platforms now, maybe not TikTok, have uh, all kinds of formats and, and uh, video lengths, and they're trying to compete with YouTube. And in much of my mind, there's really nothing to be lost from using different platforms um, because it's another income stream. It's a way to uh, sort of cross promote your material. You can draw people, draw an audience into your YouTube channel. Um, so I would recommend that. I suppose there's a case to be made that, you know, if you're spreading your material around too much, you're you're losing potential viewers on YouTube because they can watch your stuff elsewhere. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. To me, that seems like less likely. Um, other advice um, I don't know if I have other advice at the moment I mean hmm. this is pretty pretty common advice but the, the thumbnails the thumbnails are so crucial uh, it took me a little while to learn that but they're you know it, to my mind they're almost as important as the video the content which is crazy to me that they, that they're that powerful but they really are yeah any tips on how to design a good thumbnail 
Oh, I wish, I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew the secret. Whenever I feel like I have a good one, I'm like, oh, I just got lucky. And then other times, other, there's this one thumbnail I made. I was like, oh, this is so money. People are gonna love it. Video just did terribly. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think you know, people gave me. I, 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 oh, I do have one other piece of advice, <laughs> and that is, yeah, yeah, this is a piece of advice. Don't sign with a what do they call it? MCN. Multi-channel yeah, yeah. network. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I made that mistake. <laughs> I made that mistake. And I signed a short contract, thankfully. They were like, well, you know, let's work together for three years. And I said, no. Tell us about how it works. Because I've talked about this with many creators. And they all say that, man, associate, they don't do anything for you. They're just taking your money. What has your experience been so far? And uh, yeah, tell us a bit about what they promised and, and, and what happened. Well, fortunately, as an actor, I'm used to people taking my money and doing nothing. <laughs> but... um. My agents. No, I shouldn't say that. They're not. They're listening to this. They're gonna. They're gonna drop me. Um, no, they're gonna drop me. But um, yeah. So about I don't know. Uh, shortly after my, uh, I had a few videos in Arabic that took off. A, a few different agencies reached out to me. Social media agencies from the Middle East, and they said, "Hey, we love your content. We think we can really help you grow. And we have all these other clients who are successful, and we can set up brand deals and collaborations." And Having been an actor and having had agents, I kind of know, I knew, I had a sense of how this works, right? They talk a big game and then they end up delivering less than what you would hope for. And I thought that would probably happen. So they, they, you know, they negotiated these terms and I said, no, I'll do, I'll do a short contract. I wanted to do just three or four months, but they wouldn't do it. At the end of the day, I thought, you know, I'm making so little money. Maybe there's a chance that they really can offer something useful. So what the heck, I'll, you know, I'll sign for a year and we'll see how it goes. As expected, they've been mostly useless. Uh, they offer advice that's not helpful. They don't do anything good. Um, and, you know, I kind of knew that was going to happen. So uh, no one to blame it myself. But, um, yeah, I've heard this from basically every person who is a, I would say a, a lower or mid-level YouTuber. If you get to the top, top, and you can sign with a big agency, um, I think, you know, and I have, I have one friend who's done that, then they really can set up useful brand partnerships and things like that. But, you know, you're not going to be the face of Google with 100,000 YouTube followers. You know, you got to really get to like a million, I think, before, in my opinion, before it's useful to have an MCM or maybe half a million subscribers. And that's in the U.S. I think if your if your audience is uh, from other parts of the world, maybe more. Um, but yeah, so I I would recommend against that. Um, yeah. So they promise that you that they help you grow the channel, uh, that they find sponsors for you, and then in return they take a percentage of your ad revenue. Correct. And I, and I thought because you know I I would not have been willing to sign at that point with a, an American or a, or a European agency because. I want the reason I ultimately decided to sign with these people is that I thought, okay, look, I've never even been to Egypt. I have very little understanding of the markets of yeah. my audience, frankly, in a professional sense. So maybe these people really can offer useful professional insights, but they cannot, or they did not. Um, and that was uh, sort of a bet that I made that you know it didn't cost me that much money. They don't, they take a significant chunk, but I make very little, so it's not a huge, you know, twenty percent of nothing is still nothing. <laughs> Um, so whatever, but, uh, yeah, I think that's, but from what I've heard from other people, this is typically how it works. They, they, they suggest that they can really help you make more money and grow. Then they don't. 
And then I've found that, at least in the case of this agency that I won't name, that they're, what they really do is try to convince you of their usefulness yeah. in all kinds of ways. Oh, we'll show you how you're look, – look how much you've grown this past month. Yeah, I, I know. That has nothing to do with what you've done. Yeah. Or look how much, uh, you know, this video is doing really well. Yeah, uh, great. I mean, great. Yeah, you mean you're correct, but that has nothing to do with you. And I, I've had a few conversations with them in which I feel like I'm just repeatedly saying, I need you to show me what you have done for me, not what I have done for myself. Um, and we don't seem to be making any headway there. So I, I uh, yeah, our relationship is going to end very soon. Yeah. And they don't come with any interesting sponsorship deals or They've, they've uh, offered a few sponsorship deals, but again, because they're based in Egypt, the, the money is just, it's not workable. Uh, it's, it's so, uh, to be totally honest, it's very little. And, you know, and it's, they're asking for a lot. Okay, yeah, Huawei wants four videos with this. What? No, for, and they'll pay you. No, no, no. I, I don't like doing sponsorships. I mean, I've started doing a few because I need the money. Um, <clears throat> But I, I try to make sure that it's companies that I at least can get behind and that I can promote their product in a way that I feel is authentic Yeah. Uh, to the degree that you can be authentic in, uh, in an integration. But yeah, ultimately it's about making a little more money. And I think audiences get that. You know, An audience that's supportive and dedicated knows that if you're putting out content regularly, you, you need to make some money because this is like your job. And uh, so I, I appreciate that my audience has been understanding of that, but you know I, I'm not willing to put out four videos for the same product for you know next to nothing. To yeah. me, that's not worth it. You mentioned that you are very big at repurposing content for other platforms. I see that you also have um, quite a substantial following on TikTok, for example. Are you just reposting the shorts on TikTok, or what's your strategy there? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, that's one of the reasons I started making more shorts is that <clears throat> I wanted to grow my my numbers on other platforms as well. And, you know, Facebook has rolled out this Reels platform mm. that they are now offering um, invited bonuses for Reels. Uh, I'm not sure if you've talked about this with other people, but no. uh, in both Instagram and TikTok within the space of two weeks sent me messages saying that, OK, for the next if you sign up for this program for the next month. We'll give you a bonus for every view that you get in our Reels platform, the oh, Reels yeah. part of our platform, which is basically their competitor to TikTok. Hmm. It's the exact same format. And I thought, okay, well, usually shorts make me no money whatsoever, and I like making them. So I'll just make shorts, uh, and I'll put them up on YouTube because they'll help my growth there. I'll make a little bit of money. Again, it's not much. It's not much money. But I'll make a little bit of money. Maybe I'll make you know $20 a video on Facebook, which again, it's not much, but hey, it's better than nothing. And I'll make, you know, $5 a video on Instagram. And then I'll put them on TikTok as well. And hopefully, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. And um, so far, that's worked pretty well. Uh, I've made a little bit of money. My channel has grown on all the all those platforms. Um, so yeah, I would say if to any of your listeners who are thinking about making shorter shorter format videos, um, definitely explore Facebook and Instagram because those bonuses can make it much more worthwhile. Yeah. So here it was Facebook that reached out to you and said, hey, um, if you start publishing content <clears throat> on our platform with this new Reels, uh, we pay you per view. 
Correct. Uh, Facebook and Instagram separately. They're both owned by Facebook, yeah, yeah. but they actually reached out to me separately, and I get a separate. There's separate bonuses, at least in my case, for each of the two platforms. Mm. Um, yeah. So from all the platforms where you're posting, so we have YouTube, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Which one looks the most promising, other than YouTube? Promising in terms of revenue or growth or just. Yeah, I would say revenue. It's it drops off pretty sharply. Not that I make very much money on YouTube at all, but uh, it drops off pretty sharply. The next one at this point would be Facebook. But I mean, to be honest, I mean for a for a popular video of mine on Facebook, I'll make twenty dollars, and that's a full length video for ad revenue. I mean, it's like it's nothing. So it's really not money that I can rely on for any kind of income. Um, again, my Instagram income is also pretty light. Again, because of my viewership. Uh, but I would say, yeah, YouTube, then Facebook, and then, you know, TikTok has this something called the creator fund, um, which basically you can sign up for and they'll give you literally pennies for views. I would say probably a million views on TikTok is worth maybe a dollar. Um, so, you know, it's really next, it's like next to nothing, but it feels silly not to just sign up for it. Right. It's like, okay, well, at least I made $10 off of TikTok. Yeah, you might There's gain something you, about it. Yeah. Might as well, right? You might Cup gain coffee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why not? It might gain a new audience as well. Right, right. So why not offer high-end Arabic coaching for three thousand dollars, or a premium Arabic course for three hundred dollars, or you first have to make the decision whether you want to do this full time or not? I yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't think the market's really there. Um, I think. You know the amount of time to make a full. I, I I try to I try to make high quality videos the best, you know, to the best uh, that I'm able, and I think to make a course in Arabic would be hugely time consuming. Uh, it would you know I'd have to plan it for a really long time. It would be a ton of content, and I frankly don't think that many people would would sign up for it or buy it. Um, and it's just less interesting to me. Um, I like. I like that on YouTube oh, and on all these platforms when I make, especially things like shorts, I can express myself a little bit. I feel a little bit yeah. like I'm creating things and, and putting a little bit of my spirit out into the world. And I like that. I can express my sense of humor and my political views a little bit and other things that are meaningful in my life. And that's important to me. And I feel like yeah. a course, that's not really possible. I mean, you can have a little bit of sense of humor, but not really. Um, so I'm not sure that's a route I really want to go. Um, but we'll see. All right. Well, what can we expect from Brian Lewis in the future? Any plans that you can share here? Or? Um, and actually, that's interesting. My, my, on Skype, my name is Brian Lewis because that's my legal name. But my, my YouTube channel is Brian yeah, Wiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is confusing. I'm, Trust I'm, me. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at your name here. That's why I'm... No, no problem. My family, <laughs> my family, my family gets confused with that even still. Um, I would say you can expect uh, more interesting content in english and in arabic and um down the road who knows i um i look forward to what the future has in store and uh yeah i i i just hope that this continues to be enjoyable for me and i find ways to make it more enjoyable because you know ultimately for me at this point it's not about money um because if it is i'm really stupid and i should do something else um and uh yeah that's it so i check out my channel and uh yeah 
that's it's thank you for having me on the um on your podcast this has been a great chat and i, I really appreciate it yeah cool where can we uh where can we find your work my um my youtube work yeah and all oh, the other channels great. sure 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 so uh on youtube i'm just brian wiles b-r-i-a-n-w-i-l-e-s and um I can't even remember off the top of my head with my TikTok, my TikTok and, and my fate. My Facebook is B Wiles Arabic. But if you just Google Brian Wiles YouTube, you'll find it. I have links to all the things, um, you know, or you could probably just Google white guy speaking Arabic and I'll probably be the top, top result. There aren't a lot of us out there. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's it. Thanks, Brian. We will put the links in the show notes and, uh, yeah, thanks for the interview. Alright, that was it for today. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you want more, then please give this podcast a positive review in well, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to learn more about what we do and how we can maybe help you growing your creator business, then make sure to go to creatorsmarts.com. Ciao.